The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with Access Credit Union and the Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary. The Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary has been established to honour the career and achievements of Access Credit Union's late CEO, Donal O'Driscoll. Throughout his long term as CEO, Donal championed the credit union ethos of supporting and empowering members, particularly in the sphere of education. In recognition of this, the Donal O'Driscoll Bursary will provide financial support to one individual embarking on third-level education or commencing an apprenticeship in 2022. The recipient of the bursary will be awarded €5,000 to help with costs. To apply for the bursary, visit www.accesscu.ie forward slash bursary. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose a credit union, choose local, choose community. The knockout stages of the Cork County Football Championships get underway this weekend and we're looking ahead to all of the big games involving West Cork sides on this week's podcast. Kieran's going to take us through each game, including the huge Premier Senior quarterfinal ties featuring Castlehaven, Carberry Rangers and Carberry. We're also going to hear from Keith White, of Doheny's ahead of their mouth-watering Senior A quarter-final meeting with O'Donovan Rossa. Keith has been chatting to our own Matthew Hurley. Later on the podcast, we'll be joined by Olympic rowing legend Martin Cross. Cross, who won gold at the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles, caught up a Kieran ahead of the World Rowing Championships, which get underway in the Czech Republic this weekend and will feature five Skibbereen rowers, including Olympic champions, Fintan McCarthy and Paul O'Donovan. But we're going to start this week, as we often do, with a look at the club scene. We'll preview the county championship fixtures this weekend in a moment, but we have to briefly touch on the Carberry Junior A Football Championship, which saw defending champions Ty McCora knocked out last night by Aberdeen Rangers. Aberdeen will now meet St. James's in the final. And Kieran, not many of us saw this one coming. You can chalk that one down. This is what you call a novel final. We have two, I suppose, one-time winners each. Agadine won it once back in 1994. St. James has won it for the first time back in 2019. And I don't think many people would have would have um, predicted uh, St. James's v. Agadine Rangers final. But the thing is, both teams are here on merit. And they both took out highly fancied opponents in their semi-finals. A quick look at last, last weekend. St. James's beat a very good St. Mary's team that had lost last year's final and it was that bit of South Kerry gold that came up trumps for St. James as their player manager, Alan O'Shea. I suppose it's the beauty of being a player manager. You can decide when to spring yourself from the bench, but Alan timed it to perfection and he got the late winning goal 
as as St. James's came through that. It was 2-11 to 1-11, but it was an epic game, a really, really good game of football. And then on Tuesday night, Jack, it was the, the turn of Argentine Rangers to produce another shock in this Carberry Junior A football championship. They took out reigning champions Tyg McCorrig, but what drama it was in Dunmanway. An incredible game. Um, eight minutes into injury time, Brian O'Driscoll had a penalty for Cora to level the game. But young Argadine, um goalkeeper Luke McCarthy became the hero. Cool hand Luke is the headline in Thursday's Southern Star. Uh, a, a nod to a very famous Western from many years ago. But young Luke McCarthy kept his cool to save Brian, um, Brian O'Driscoll's penalty and send Argadine Rangers through to the final. And this is just a great story because Argadine Rangers have been on the go in both hurling and football in recent weeks. And as, as a dual club, it, it is tough going because they're picking from the small pick of players game after game after game. And just last Saturday, Argadine Rangers lost to Russell Rovers in the Premier Junior hurling quarterfinal. And three days later, that same, almost that same bunch of players, they went to the well again and they found enough to beat Tyg McCorrig. And not only did they beat Tyg McCorrig, but they deserve to beat them. So now we've a we've a really interesting final coming up, Argonne Rangers against St. James's. That's on Sunday, September 25th in Ahiol at 3.30pm. And no doubt around Tim League and Artfield, the bunting will start to go out and the excitement because the prize, there's actually three prizes on offer, Jack. The winner will be the Carby Junior A Football Champions, which is a, a, a great accolade on its own. The winner will also go forward into the Cork Junior A Football Championship and they'll, they'll take on the Musgrave champions, Kilmurray, in the middle of October. But the champions will also earn their place in the new Cork Premier Junior Football Championship in 2023. So this is effectively, it's a Carberry final, but it's also, a, you could say it's like a county promotion final as well, because either St. James's or Argonne Rangers will go up a level to the county Premier Junior Championship next year. So there's an awful lot on offer, and it's going to be, judging what we've seen in the last couple of games, it's going to be another cracker. Yeah, well, congratulations to both Aggardine and St. James's. And we'll also be previewing that final in depth in the coming weeks, both in the Southern Star and on the Star Sport podcast. So keep your ears open for that one. But we're going to switch our attentions now because it's starting to get interesting in the county football championship with knockout ties involving multiple West Cork sides scheduled across this weekend. And Kieran, we might as well start with the Premier Senior Football Championship because there's three teams involved in quarterfinals and one involved in a relegation playoff. That's Newcestown. They take on Air Oak on Saturday. Carberry Rangers take on Nemo Rangers in the county quarterfinal. Castlehaven take on Mallow. Both those games are in Park Aquive on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the Carberry Divisional side will take on Ballin colleague that game's also in Parky Queen. so Kieran maybe take us through each of the quarterfinals and what people should be looking out for this weekend like obviously Castlehaven will probably fancy their chances of progressing Carberry the divisional side as well but it's going to be a little more difficult for Carberry Rangers yeah I think so but first a quick look at that relegation playoff that is this Saturday in Brinny at 4pm that's Newcestown against Aero Oak and Newcestown have found it going a bit tough this year. And I think injuries have really hit them. They're down a couple of more bodies for this game against Aero Oak. Um, Colm Deneen, I think, broke his ankle in the, the recent game against Castlehaven. And they're just down bodies like likes of David Buckley and, and so on. So they've 
they've a big game here, a big game against an Aero Oak team that's only in its second year up at the Premier Senior grade. So the loser of this game will go back to the Senior A Football Championship for next year. So that's a huge game for Newcastle. And it's almost something we touched on last week as well, Jack, that it's just hard going for dual clubs in, in the, the way the championships are, are set up presently, especially the, the dual clubs that 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 are trying and want to be successful because you're just on the go week after week after week. And if you pick up injuries and you're picking from the same pool of players, it's going to catch you at some point. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top in Brinney on Saturday. So that's Newcastle against Era Oak. But then turning to the quarterfinals, like you're, you're dead right. There's three West Cork teams involved. And we look at Nemo Rangers against Carby Rangers in Parky Quay first. That's 5 p.m. on Saturday evening. Nemo Rangers are one of the favourites for the county title. They're probably the favourites in a lot of people's eyes because they're really, they're really, really going well this year. They topped the, the group of debt. They beat Castlehaven, they beat Clannacilty, they beat Newcestown. They're in a, in a rich vein of form. Their players, are, their players are going well, but they're up against the Carby Rangers team that is true to the knockout stages for the first time in a couple of years. And it's a Carby Rangers team, and they probably won't like me for saying it, but they're they're in bonus territory in this game, In you, you could say, because the expectation will be that Nemo are going to win this game. Nemo are favourites to win this game. This Carby Rangers team is still finding its feet. They have a lot of young fellas coming through and young fellas who are finding their feet, the likes of Jack Kavan, Keenan, Scannell, Pedro O'Rourke, um, I suppose, kind of knitted in with the older established players like Thomas O'Rourke, John O'Rourke, who did miss the last game through injury. You've Brian Shanahan there. You've James James Fitzpatrick. Um, you've John Hayes on the bench. You've Paul Shanahan in goal. Alan Jennings is still there. So it's a, it, there's a lovely mix of, of experience and youth in that Carby Rangers team. But the expectation, like I said, is for Nemo to advance from this. But it's just a good chance for Carby Rangers, like in their previous game against St. Finbar's, to see how they measure up against one of the real big boys in, in Cork Club football. It's not saying that Ross can't pull off a shock because they have the players to do it, but they need a lot of things to go right up in Parky, Cueve on, on Saturday evening. So I would be thinking that, that Nemo will be too strong for Ross on in, in this one. And that leads us then into the second of that doubleheader, Castlehaven against Mallow. And I think we'll have a West Cork winner here. I think Castlehaven will have too much for, for a Mallow team that's just up out of the senior A ranks. And it's so, so well to top their group. And we have an interview with Michael Hurley in Thursday Southern Star. And he makes the point that any team that tops their group in the Premier Senior Football Championship is a good team. And Mallow certainly are. Bell and Colleague, Douglas and Bellies were in their group. Mallow came out on top. So... I think Castlehaven are forewarned here that they won't take Mellow lightly. And it's a Castlehaven team that, that finished second in that group with Nemo. And they they played well. They played okay. But I think they know that there's more to come from them as well. And um, when you look at the likes of Brian Hurley, Michael Hurley, Mark Collins, Damien Cahillan, Connor Cahillan, Jack Cahillan, all these players, you can see the quality in the, in the Castlehaven team right now. But what could in a way, work against Castlehaven is the fact that St. Finbar's are going well in the hurling. They're true to the semi-finals, and the Cahillan brothers are in with playing hurling as well. So they're having to switch between football hurling, football hurling. So Castlehaven aren't getting their full team all the time for training and preparation. But saying that, I still think that Castlehaven will have too much for Mallow. And if that is the case, we'll have a Castlehaven against St. Finbar's county semi-final, which will be incredible. The last two years, these teams have met at this stage, and we have a penalty shootout, drama, epics, just classic games. So I think if, if we get that again, Jack, nobody will be complaining. And now, as I take a deep breath, 
on to Sunday, Cabri against Ballincollig, Parky Cueve, five o'clock. It's another um, Premier Senior Football quarterfinal. The Cabri team, and we've covered it quite well in the last couple of months, is on a high right now. They won five games in a row to get through to the knockout stages for the first time in, in a long time. Their last game is against Duhello in the prim, in the Division Colleges final a couple of weeks back. So since then, the players have gone back to their clubs. So that's how it's hard for a, a, a division in terms of their preparation for a big game like this. Whereas Bell and Colleague can train together each week. That they're, they're a club team. They know each other inside out. The Calgary preparations won't be what Tim Buckley would have hoped they would have been. But they're still, it's just it's just the cards that the Carberry team have been dealt. And they're also dealt a bit of a blow the weekend. Dylan Scannell, who's been such a rock in that Carberry full um full back line, he went out injured in St. Mary's loss to St. James's, and by all accounts, Dylan is out of Sunday night's um uh, quarterfinal, which is a which is a, a loss for him because he was really looking forward to this game and showing what he can do. But still, despite that, and despite the the obstacles that divisional teams have. I do have a sneaky feeling that Carberry will get through this game. They're just a team after those five wins. They're building up a camaraderie and understanding. They're starting to play better. Um, there's a good bond in that team. And this is a chance for them to get through the county semi-final. So I have a feeling that the Carberry will do it. And we'll have a Carberry-Nemo semi-final on one side. And we'll have Haven and the Bars on the other side. Lovely stuff, Kieran. Well, that's the Premier Senior Football Championship. There's also plenty of West Cork interest in the Senior A Championship. And we're going to dive into the Doheny's O'Donovan Rossett big derby in a moment. But Kieran Bandon have also found themselves, like Newstown, in relegation trouble. And they're taking on Newmarket in Coachford on Saturday at 4 p.m. So, how do you fancy? Bandon's chances of retaining their senior A status. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed that they, they can, Jack. Like, it's almost like we said with Newstown a couple of minutes ago, a, a dual club finding themselves in a, in a relegation fight. And it's uh, it's been the same story, kind of well, similar between Bandon and Newstown. The same pick of players, they picked up injuries, important players have, 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 have missed big games. Like, if Barry Collins has been injured for. For um for Bandon and Mark Sugru's back now, which is a big plus for them. It's 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 a big game because Bandon want to keep their senior A status. They're a big town football team. They they have the players and just hopefully that they'll have a they'll have enough enough to get past Newmarket on the on that's Saturday Coachford at four PM. So like I said, big game for Bandon and we have an interview with Colin Ahern, the Bandon football manager in Thursday's Southern Star, and he's making the point that they need to knit together a proper 60-minute performance. They're just starting games too slow. They're allowing teams to build up an advantage, and while they can put in a good second half, they're always playing catch-up at that stage. So they really need to start the game well against Newmarket and Coachford on Saturday, get a foothold in the game and take it from there. So Touchwood hopefully will have will abandon keeping their senior A status, and and whatever happens in the other game, Donovan Rossa and Donnie's in Bantry on Sunday, Jack, we're going to have a West Cork team in the County Senior A Football Championship semi-final. And the winner of this team will be playing St. Michael's. And who doesn't love a West Cork derby? And this is a big one. This is two big town teams. Donovan Rossa from Skibbereen up against Donnie's from Dunmanway. There's not too much between these teams in terms of geography. What, 15, 20-minute drive, 20-minute drive, I'd say, between them. They're... Two teams will have their eyes on being involved in the, the business end of this competition. 
if you go back two seasons ago, O'Donovan Russell got to the semi-finals. Go back to last year, Donny's got to the semi-finals and they lost to, to St. Michael's up in Parky Creeve and were unlucky to do so. So both will will know that if they can get past this game, and that will be getting a really good game under their belt before getting to the semi-final, that they have a right good chance of going deep into the senior A football championship. It's just a really interesting game because you have just two really good teams here. Like O'Donovan Rossa can call on the likes of Donal O'Connor, Dave Kevin Davis, Kevin Davis, sorry, Dave Elliot Connolly, Dylan Horahan. There's some really good players all over the park. The likes of the experienced Paddy Crowley in in defence, Ryan Price as a goalkeeper. I'd say he's there the last decade or so. Like um, Dan Donny's on the other hand, you've really good forwards like Fionn Hurley in with the with the Cork team. Mark Buckley was in with the Cork senior footballers earlier in the year. You've Keith White, who we're going to hear hear from quite soon. Mark Quinn is back in this year. They've a, they've a really good team there as well, and Declan Dwyer is doing a doing a doing a super job. So it's going to be an absolute battle in Bentry at two o'clock this Sunday. And in ahead of this game, Matthew Hurley caught up with Keith White to talk about his very very busy schedule as he juggles football, soccer, and coaching, but also to get his thoughts on the big game in West Cork this weekend. So Donnie's have a big game this Sunday against O'Donovan Rossa, West Cork Derby in the Senior A Football Championship quarterfinal. What a huge game this is for both sides. And joining me on the podcast here is Donnie's player Keith White, just to talk about their build-up towards the big game on Sunday in Bantry at 2 o'clock. It should be a huge game in store. I suppose, first of all, Keith, how's training been over the last few weeks? We are talking a bit, a bit off-air about this, but um, you're settling in well with uh, going into the quarterfinal this Sunday. Yeah, yeah, training going very well, Matthew. In fairness, um, training a lot now, like like we have been all year, like so nothing's really changed to be honest. So we've been training three times a week since since January, February, like so training has been very very good. Like we've we set the goals at the start of the year to go into knockout championship, and here we are. So so the mood is very good. Like training going very very well. We've a very good strong a strong panel there of 23, 24 lads going for the fifteen spots in the senior team. Like so, training is very intense. And as well as that, then the the junior B footballers on the West Cork final in as well. So it's it's very the mood is very good all over the club and everything. So it's very oh, the intensity is very good and everything. So thank God. It's always like the, it is very good mood. The seniors your junior B team or the uh, football final there. You're in the quarterfinals. You didn't actually lose a game at the group stage either. So everything's going well for Donnie's at the moment. And uh, do you feel uh, that way on the pitch that things are kind of going your way at the moment? Yeah, to be fair, well, you could look at it that way, but then we got like Joe, the first game against Ballingary, we were they they scored a last second, last second point equaliser, and it was the same thing against Kish game. So we kind of felt hard done by then. Like if you ask anybody who plays sport and you can see the last minute score, it kind of feels like you've lost the game. Like, but we were still delighted with the with the two draws to get out of the group. Like we keep we kind of seem to forget that too. We haven't actually lost a championship game here this year. Things have been going very well for us. Like, you know, we on another day that that score against Ballingary might have went over against Kishke might be over and we could have been on six points topping our group it could be a totally different story but look that's that sport that's champion football in fairness like so things have been going very well for us thank God and here we are now we we set targets at the start of the year to get out of our group go into championship football and that's exactly where we are now we're now in a county quarter final coming up against O'Donovan Rossa so we're all we're delighted and we've a heads down focus now again I was actually talking to your manager, Declan O'Dwyer, a few weeks back, and uh, he was saying, actually, before the Bandon game, we were doing a preview on that, and he was telling me about how tough it is at the Senior A Championship. He believed that any of the 12 teams could have won it, 
And even after you beat Ibandan, drawing against Kishkem and Balangiri, as you mentioned already, would you kind of agree with that point that uh, all the teams of the championship are evenly matched? Yeah, without a doubt. Look, the senior A championship has been very, very well, well contested the last two, three years. Like any any of the teams could have won any of the years. It's very, it's it's a very, very tough grade to play. And I played the likes of Nemo there now, Premier Senior, when I was first playing senior, like and to be honest, the, the teams we're playing now are just just as tough. It's very, very big intensity. Like, so yeah, any teams could win it. Look, there's new teams out in the county quarterfinal now this year with Cloida, Cloida there as well. Like, so look, I know Michael's are Michael's are tipped to win it, raging favourites for like, but I know they know as well that anything could happen in championship football. There's a lot of quality teams left, and we're all we're all going for the same thing. Like, so yeah, I agree with him. To be fair, any team could win it, and it's championship football. Anything could happen, you know. Anything just all about luck in the day as well. If luck goes away, then you know you might win that game. If not, then you mightn't. So it is a very tough. It's very very good competition to play, and it's very very hard to win it. So yeah, we're all looking forward to it now. And look at your team as well. You have two Winter County stars, obviously Mark Buckley and uh, Fionn Hurley, both excellent scores in this championship. Mark has uh, achieved. I think it's won seven of the championship so far. He's been absolutely outstanding. Fiona's been pretty good as well. Is it, is it kind of a positive to have those two guys, once they're firing in a tight game, like it probably will be against the Ross at the weekend, to have them firing and whenever they get the chance, they score? Yeah, without a doubt. Look, every everyone knows that every kind of team has their, their key marksmen and Mark and Fiona are absolutely excellent. They are our key men in fairness. They're our go-to men and you know, when backs against the wall there, we look for them and they always, they always pull us up over the mud in fairness to them. So they are, they're unbelievable, two of them unbelievable footballers and having two good seasons so far and they are no doubt about it, they'll keep it going as well. So they are, is, even with training as well, they bring some serious intensity to trainings like, and to match day, you know, they get us all going around them. And I'm, I'm in the far line too with them, like, so I can see they get me going with them, you know, they bring us along with them as well the whole time, like, they're, they're absolutely excellent, like, and, Thank God I'm on the same team as them. To be honest, I won't want to be, won't want to be marking them or anything like. So they are excellent, like, and they do, they do get us out of a lot of trouble. They have been doing for years, like, so then they're firing very well. So things, things are looking good for them as well. So, but we're all, to be fair, like the lads there at the our backline as well deserve huge credit. We've conceded. If you look at our games, we've conceded actually very little. We're defending unbelievably well as well. So they deserve some huge credit as well. Our backline, our midfielders, like they are. One for them, we won't get the ball up front and we won't be able to score and probably get the headlines in after that. So they are excellent there as well. And they, so if it wasn't for them, Mark and Fiona will tell you the same thing, then you know, we'd be getting no ball and we won't be doing half as well. So they are excellent to have in our team, though. Two very, very good key men to have. I was actually looking at your stats before the chat as well. And uh, you've averaged, I think, of 15 points. And then defensively, you only could see an average of 1-9. That's pretty damn impressive. And... Uh, you look at the manager, Dicklin O'Dwyer, of the backroom team there. They've done a Trojan work, I'd imagine, in training sessions and whatnot. Yeah, without a doubt. Look, we have, to be fair, the lads took us over there last year. Like They've been drilling in a certain way that they, they wanted to play. You know, To be fair, Dicklin and Robbie Horn, Dan Donovan, there's Fimber Collins, Noel Donovan, Paul Dean have all set us up really well. Like, and To be fair, we're, we're firing well up front but I think the huge credit has to go to the backs like as you said there as an average of 1-9 or whatever it is it's, it's very very good going for a senior football championship because you all know how competitive and how tough it is so we are we are delighted with things like that all comes down to training like you know we we set standards in training training is very good it's very intense so yeah to be fair the lads have set us up very well in that regard too 
Well, when you look at the opposition, I know managers and players won't want to look at the opposition too much, especially uh, managers all over the county, really. They want to focus on their own team. But when you look at Skeev, they're kind of scored freely in this championship. Would that be a challenge in itself to try to stop their marksmen, the likes of Elliot Connolly and uh, Dodo Connolly and all them players, to stop them scoring? And um, look at the stats so far, you seem to be up for that challenge. Yeah, of course, it's going to be a good battle on that. On the opposite side of the pitch, to me, as you could say, like it is, we we know a skip from last year. We played him on Jamie League last year. It was a very, very good, good tense game. So it's gonna. I'm expecting the exact same again this year, and we are we are going to have a challenge to 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 stop them as well. But we're just concentrating ourselves. To be honest, like we're going in there knowing knowing the strengths and qualities that we possess, like, and that's that's what we're going to bring to the game. And whatever will happen on the day will happen. Like, but we. We're quite confident in ourselves in that in that regard, but it is going to be a very tough game because Skip have have that quality up front as well, and they are strong to back too. Bit about yourself, um, as you're you're the fellow being interviewed here, but um, I I heard um from previous uh, people, I think Declan mentioned as well, and you mentioned it off air that you're in the backroom team for the junior ladies footballers. Like, what's that role like being in the backroom team there and playing at a high level for Donnie's as well? Would it be tiring, or do you love it? As I said to you off air there, Matthew, it's, I might as well just move into our local garbage. To be honest, I'm up there. I'm up there so much. Like, um, to be fair, I've been involved with the Don Junior Ladies now with about five, four or five years, nearly six years. To be honest, I'd say. So uh, I'm well used to them, and they're well used to me now. And we've had good success and fairness. And now we're we're on the hunt for a Junior A Football Championship this year. But um, it's a very tough group of daring too. Like, so it is tough to balance both. Um. But the, the lads that are involved now, Tony White, Darren Kelly and John Delay, they know that I can't turn up all the time. You know that I'm busy myself as well with, with senior football. Like so, But I am there 90% of the time in fairness. But it is it is tough, but I'm kind of after adapting to it now with the last couple of years and getting, getting used to it. Like so, And I love it, to be honest. I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really change for anything. But um, so, yeah, I'm concentrating on my own football and then with them as well. So it's, it's all go at the moment now. And in order to add your schedule as well, I hear you're a very good soccer player at the moment as well. So uh, playing soccer, yeah. coaching G and playing G at a high level, when does it stop? Yeah, it's, uh, thank God for the summer months. I know soccer kind of takes a break, so that that's fine for a while. Like, But um, get back into playing soccer now once football is over again, I suppose. So it never really stops, to be honest, once football finishes, back in playing soccer and then football will be back again in the new year. Like, And that's when soccer kind of gets heavy scheduled and that. Like, so... It doesn't really stop, but to be honest, I don't know what to do without it all. So I'm just kind of so used to now, just go with the flow. Like, so it's all it's all good. Like, and with soccer, G, is there a real um, definitive difference between the sports, or are they very much the same? Look, dude, there is very, there is a lot of similarities in them. Like, I grew up, to be honest, when I was 13 or 14, it was all, all the way up to like, till I was 18. Soccer is my number one. I was playing soccer in Cork and stuff. But then, when, since 18, 19, on, Football has been has been coming first for me, like so. But um, I would say one thing that the intensity and the level of football is is a lot different than, than playing soccer. Like you know, it is you can't really you can't really hide in a game of football. Like so, it's um, it's a lot different that way. All right, like what I have a lot of my the skills I have in football have come from soccer as well. Like you know, so that's there is a lot of similarities in that regard too. But as I said, I I love the boardroom and I won't I won't stop with anything for anything anyway. And a final question just about uh, Donnie's in general. Like, uh, I know he won't be wanting to look too far ahead or to the escape game, but if he beat them at the weekend, going to a semi final, possibly a final, then 
and possibly even win the Premier, uh, the Senior A Championship, get promotion to the Premier Senior. And for a club like Donny's, a historic club, you know, the great Sam McGuire comes from there. What would it be for the club to get promoted to the top grade in Cork football? Uh, you said it all there, really, Matthew. It would mean everything to everyone, like especially just the, the people at the manual. Like if you ever go to Donny's game, we have an absolute unbelievable crowd there roaring sun, like, and it just shows from from ourselves, the mentors, the club, and the people of the manual how much it means to them all because they all come out in fierce numbers every week, like week in, week out, you know, at our league games or our championship games, there's always a big crowd following us. Like so we just want, you know, they it shows how much that they want it as well. Like, you know, and then within the club, there's people within that club that has been there for years, haven't seen any senior success for Donnie's like so and Donnie's do belong in the top grade of senior football. Like and that's what that's what we're gonna try and do and get it get on back to that. Like and We've been training hard now ourselves. You know, the last last year we had a very good run, and we want to go one step further now this year, hopefully. Like so, within the management as well, they put in some serious work with us. So there's we want to do it for ourselves, for the management, for the club, and for the people of the manual as well. You know, so. But as you said as well, Matt, it was one step at a time. Like we've always been saying that through all of our games, like starting with Ballingary. You now we've been preparing, preparing for Ballingary, then to abandon Dinkish game, and now it's a Donovan Rossa. So that's it's one game at a time, and that's that's the way we're looking at it. We're looking at Donovan Ross now. That's our next our next task. So that's that's the next one, next big game for us now. We're taking it game by game, step by step. So and then hopefully we can go on one better from last year, hopefully into a county final this year. That quarterfinal is on Sunday, the 18th of September, two o'clock in Bantry. Should be a very interesting game. Very uh, good West Cork derby to look forward to there. Thank you, Keith, for coming on to the podcast today. Wish you the best luck at the weekend and later on down the season, playing soccer as well. I'm sure you'd have a hectic schedule there too. Yeah, but no, no. thanks very much, Matthew. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with Access Credit Union and the Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary. The Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary has been established to honour the career and achievements of Access Credit Union's late CEO, Donal O'Driscoll. Throughout his long term as CEO, Donal championed the credit union ethos of supporting and empowering members, particularly in the sphere of education. In recognition of this, the Donal O'Driscoll Bursary will provide financial support to one individual embarking on third level education or commencing an apprenticeship in 2022. The recipient of the bursary will be awarded €5,000 to help with costs. To apply for the bursary, visit www.accesscu.ie forward slash bursary. The World Rowing Championships get underway in the Czech Republic this weekend and there will be five Skibbereen rowers involved with the Irish team, including Olympic gold medalists Fintan McCarthy and Paul O'Donovan. In a few minutes, we're going to hear from 1984 Olympic rowing gold medalist Martin Cross, who's been speaking to Kieran. But Kieran, before we hear from Martin, I want to ask you about your latest last word column for the Southern Star, in which you've been arguing once again the case for Paul O'Donovan to be respected or claimed as Ireland's greatest ever sports person. And I've seen a big, mostly positive reaction to your column online and i know our guest coming up martin cross probably would agree with you too so is there anything paul needs to do to solidify his greatness in your eyes or he's already there isn't he i think he's already there in terms of what he's won in rowing and 
almost ju- just the effect that he that he has had on rowing in these last six seven years. Like he's he really has been the trailblazer for Irish rowing. I know we've talked about it before, but that medal in 2016 he won with Gary that broke the glass ceiling for Irish rowing. It raised standards, it raised expectations. It was Ireland's first ever Olympic rowing medal, and since then. It's just no coincidence that Irish rowing is in a really golden period right now. And we saw it last year's Tokyo Olympics, the fact that Fintan and Paul won an Olympic gold, but also that the Irish women's four won an Olympic bronze medal as well. And that's a really important moment in Irish rowing, the first Irish women to win an Olympic medal. And it can all be traced back, I think, to that 2016 gold, uh, silver that um, Paul and Gary won because they showed, much like white men can't jump was proved to be wrong, it showed too that... Irish rowers can, can win Olympic medals. So I actually asked Martin Cross about this in our upcoming conversation about where he thinks that Paula Dunvan ranks in the terms in terms of world rowing. Because I suppose when we're I suppose as a Southern star, we're beating that drum quite loudly because Paul is one of our own. He's from Lachine. It's only out the road from our headquarters of the Southern Star in Skib. And like I said, he's a West Cork man on a world stage at the best at what he does. But to hear it from someone like Martin Cross, who is a an, an Olympic medalist, he knows rowing inside out. Like Martin Cross will commentate on every race at the upcoming World Rowing Championships for World Rowing. So he's a man who knows the sport inside out. He knows who's good. He knows who's not good. And he and you'll hear from him quite soon how he places Paul O'Donovan right at the top, along with the Sinkovich brothers. And he and he makes the and he, and he makes the, the claim or makes the point Martin does that if Paul wins world gold again and wins world gold next year and wins Olympic gold in 2024, that Paul will be the greatest rower, maybe of even, you know, up there as one of the best ever or the best ever. I know you have the, the likes of the Steve Redgrave who had five Olympic medals. We just have to look at the effect that Paul O'Donovan has had on rowing on and off the water. So himself and Fintan McCarthy will race in the... Irish men's lightweight double in, in Richichi and uh, that's in the Czech Republic and that kicks off on the World Championships this Sunday the is it the 18th and they run for a week until the 25th of September so there's a there's seven eight days of top class rowing action to come and Paul and Finton will be favourites to take gold and defend their world title it's hard to see who will stop them but sport is sport so you, you just don't know what would happen but it would be a huge shock if Paul and Finton weren't crowned world champions or if they don't defend their, their world crown um, so that's one to look forward to and if the other Skibbereen rowers exciting to see Emily Hegarty from Affadown is back in the Irish women's four earlier this season Emily and Fiona Murta they were in the women's pair at World Rowing Cup 2 and the European Rowing Championships but the four that won bronze at last year's Olympics have been reunited they put back in the boat together for this World Championship. So we're excited to see what they can do. So that's Emer Lam, Fiona Murta, Afrik Kyo and Emily Hegarty. And then in the Irish women's lightweight double, Aoife Casey is back in the boat with Max Crimmon. And we have an interview with Aoife Casey in this Thursday's Southern Star where she talks us through her disrupted season to date. She had college exams in May. She got COVID then. Then after COVID, a month later, she got a chest infection. So that just put her on the back foot this season. And while that was going on, Lydia Heafy from Lip was with Max Crimmon in the Irish women's lightweight double. And they did really, really well. They won a medal at World Cup too. They finished fourth at the Europeans, but the boat was retrialed after the Europeans and Aoife got back in the boat. So at work, at the World Championships now, we have Aoife Casey and Max Crimmon in the double. And we have Lydia Heafy in the Irish women's lightweight single. 
and Lydia will be looking to put in a good performance there to put the heat back on Mags and Aoife. So there's this great competition going on there in that Irish women's lightweight double. So lots to look forward to. But when I caught up with Martin Cross, our talk was primarily and all about Paul and Finton. Because, Jack, what we're talking about is two of the best rowers in the world right now. And they're two West Cork men. They're two Skibbereen rowers. They're two men from the same parish in Affidown who are just a class above every other boat in the men's lightweight double world as a, a world of rowing right now. So I started off by, I suppose, by asking Martin, like, will there be a shock in Machiche? Will we see someone come up and and stun and surprise Paul and Finton? And I think we all know what the answer was. Since we had you on last, Martin, Paul and Finton have won Olympic gold. They were crowned World Rowing Men's Crew of the Year. They reunited to win European gold last month and extend their winning run. And they just seem to be getting better and better and better. The, the, the body of evidence is pretty compelling right now. Um, but is this what we've come to expect from the Skibbereen Dream Team, that together Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy win rowing races and they win gold? Yeah, I I think um, I mean when I when I um, reflect on on what they've done, I go to that amazing race that they won Olympic gold in, um, and I I think that was sensational because they were matched against a phenomenal crew from Germany, and uh, Jason Osborne, the the stroke man of that crew, I mean he's made a seamless transition into professional cycling for a, a professional team. Um, the Alpacid Desiuna quick step. And um and he was such an, an amazing athlete, both on, on the bike and on the water. Uh and they were they were just level like this, neck and neck, and then and then Paul and Finson just sort of went ahead in the in the final bit. And really, um that was a race worthy of the title of winning Olympic gold medal. There is nobody of that standard to to race Paul and Finton now. Mm-hmm. There is nobody of Jason Osborne's standards. Um, all of the doubles that will be in the World Championships um, that are coming up next week are doubles that um, Paul and Finton have beaten and they can't compete in the second half of the course with the kind of pace that Paul and, uh, Paul and Finton have got. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we saw in the European Championships the way that um, the Irish double just blasted through in the third and the fourth 500 metres and just moved out from the field, moved out from a great field. The Italians are really, really strong double. They, they skull beautifully together. Um, this new Swiss combination um, of, um, of Chalbali and uh, Ireland, a great new double, but they can't compete over the second half of the course. And I think even the crews coming in from um, places like New Zealand and uh, Australia just don't have the endurance that the Irish do over that over that second thousand metres. So when you take a look down at the the, the entries, you kind of go, well, there's only one crew that's going to win gold here, and that that is Finton and Paul. I think what's remarkable, remarkable about the Europeans, Martin, is the fact that Paul and Finton, I think, were together almost a handful of times this year alone before they came back in the boat for the for the Europeans. They were both in the singles, and then Paul was obviously he was in workplace within Australia for a small bit. But they they were reunited in the double 
for the Europeans and they won gold and they won it by I think almost four seconds from that from that um, Italian crew. And we'd Finton on the podcast after that and he said he was even kind of surprised by their winning margin. It was one of their, their biggest winning margins. So when you consider where they are now, having not been together in the boat that much and they're still winning big gold medals by clear water at, at this stage, is, is there any glimmer of hope for any of the other crews out there? Um, there's always a glimmer of hope. I mean, things happen in rowing um, at the Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, one of the doubles that was racing Paul and Finson actually flipped over and uh, capsized. Uh, a number of the crews, if the conditions are rough, you can catch your blades on the water. It's called catching a crab and uh, that slows the boat down. But these are kind of outside things that the opposition will be looking you know that the before the Irish, uh, in terms of if it's uh really decent conditions, nice flat conditions, um, there isn't anybody that can compete in the second half. Look, you know, I saw um Paul O'Donovan race in the single skull at um uh, at uh, Lucerne on the Rolse, and you know, what he did there to win that race was phenomenal. I mean, um the stroke rating per minute is quite important. Um, but he was rating something like 50 strokes a minute. And I thought, that's crazy. How can this guy that has obviously been doing his medical training, how can he still have the base endurance to go that hard at the end of a race? And he did. And then when you consider that, um, that, that Finton, when he raced Paul, actually beat Paul, you see, Finton is improving. Finton has improved from the Olympics up uh, in 2021 till now. He's getting better. I think he, he was getting better from when the Olympics were postponed to 2021. I think he's now a better athlete in 2022 than he was in 2021. So you put that together and you've got a very formidable package. That's actually a great point, Martin, because we talk so much about Paul and we're going to talk about him again quite soon. But the improvement of Finton over the last couple of years has been so noticeable as well. Like you mentioned there at the Irish Rowan Championships during the summer, uh, Finton took home two um, two single skull titles and he actually beat Paul in, in one of the races, which was, a, I think, a, a very big moment for Finton. But he's really stepped up and he's getting better and he's really driving this boat on as well. And I think that's very noticeable from the outside too, isn't it? Yeah, it is really noticeable because... Um... I think initially, um, I don't know whether Finton would have been a bit starry-eyed. I think when he came into the sport initially, obviously, you know, his rowing heroes were Paul and Gary. Um, and um, and I think he's kind of got used to being in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Also, I think the time that Paul's spending on his medical studies has given Finton a chance. He was in the single skull in, in, in the Poznan World Cup. He didn't win that. He... Uh, he came second, but it was a great race. Um, and it's given him a chance to stand out on his own and to shine. And I think also, um, you know, there is good competition within the winter for that, for those places in the Irish lightweight men's double skull. And so he's really relished that and he's increased his physiology. He's got better. His endurance is, is better. His technique is, look. I thought in the single, his technique is looking great. And I think all of those things add in to make this, you know, to enable that double to go as fast as it did in the Europeans. And obviously then there's Paul O'Donovan. If that Irish double wins gold, as we think it, it might, Martin, that will be his fifth 
world gold medal. He has three European goals. Yeah, he's Olympic gold too and Olympic silver. We spoke about it before when you were on the podcast last, and you you described him as a force of nature. But he's just an incredible athlete. Like in terms of of world rowing, where is Paul right now? Well, I think um, Paul is right at the top of world rowing. Um, I would say there are um, a few athletes to maybe contend for his title. Maybe if I think of uh, male athletes, there are two Croatians, the Sinkovic brothers. Uh, They won the double skulls gold medal in Rio. So they each had two blades. And then they said, right, we're going to change in back into, into a pair, just one blade each, and they won the, the pairs title in Tokyo. That was a remarkable achievement. So those two guys are right at the top. Alongside them is Paul. Particularly, I think, um, and, and, and in some ways they're quite similar. Uh, they're, they're very good in terms of public relations. They, they have a really good outward-facing look. They project you know, a great image for the sport. And um, I would put Paul up there with the Croatians as uh, as one of the, the the top athletes in world rowing. Whether Paul would be at the apex, I think that we'll, we'll have to see. I think, you know, there's uh, the World Championships this year. I think Paul probably needs to make sure he wins the World Championships this year, the World Championships next year, and then the Olympic gold. And then he would be right at the top of the pyramid. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and the reason I say that, Kieran, is because the, the, the Croatians, the Sinkovic brothers, are open weight. They don't have to worry about being, as Paul does, being weighing in at 71 kilos, watching his diet, watching his nutrition. He's kind of got an added handicap in that sense because he has to weigh in at that, at that level. So that makes his achievement all the more great. Um, so... Uh, I, I, I think in, in terms of personalities in world rowing, uh, I would say Paul O'Donovan is the number one personality in world rowing. Uh, he looks very different now, doesn't he, with his long hair. Um, he has an, such an aggressive style of racing. Um, he has done so well in the double. They are so cohesive and they are so good over the second half. I mean, I remember at the Europeans, um, the, the president of World Rowing, Jean-Christophe Roland, who himself is an Olympic gold medalist, and he's an important guy, he's on the Olymp- International Olympic Committee. He was there when the athletes came in to get their medals. And what he wanted, he wanted on his mobile phone a picture of Paul O'Donovan. They were being interviewed and he wanted to take a picture of Paul. That's because this guy is, is such an amazing personality. So, um, and, and um, the world of rowing is much better because Paul is in it. And it's a drum I've been beating for a long time in the Southern Star, Martin, just how good Paul is. And almost what he's done for rowing on and off the water. Like he's been a game changer here in Ireland in terms of the 2016 Olympic silver with, with Gary that proved Irish rowers can win Olympic medals. And now obviously Paul and, and Finton won gold and the Ireland women's 4 won bronze at the Olympics last year. But it's what he's done on the water as well. But it's, it's trying to get people to understand that rowing is a very, very hard sport. And for Paul to do what he's done for the last, what, five, six, seven years, it's just incredible longevity, but it just shows how talented the man is as well. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, credit to uh, the, 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 their their uh, coach, Dominic um, Casey. 
you know, I think the training program he sets them is fearsome and, and they have proved equal to every test that he's thrown at them. And, and some of the outings, you know, some of the sessions that they've done, I think uh, Finton, I heard recently talking about a session uh, where they did in Spain, they did eight times 2000 meters. 2000 meters is the distance for the race. And they were being competitive for this, for this, uh, for these eight times 2000 meters with another, with another crew. And they measured their lactic acid. That's how much the body produces. And you kind of look for a figure of maybe nine or 10 in that millimoles um, in that kind of racing. Well, Finton, you know, his lactic acid that he was producing was 18 uh, millimoles, which is a phenomenal amount to actually be able to do those eight times 2000 meters. It just shows you, you know, that they are equal to the training that Dominic Casey has set them and, and brilliantly set up with the technique. And, and, and it's a real credit to the whole system and setup around Skibbereen and, and in the wider Irish rowing community that, that they've managed to do what they've done and also to inspire others, like you mentioned, the Irish women's four um, just to, to come through. And, you know, and I think there are more, more on the way. It's been an incredible success story these last couple of years. And obviously the Paris Olympics won't be too far away and Paul and Finton Touchwood will be there as well. But just to ask you as well, Martin, I read an interview with Finton there in the last week or so when he was looking at life after the Paris Olympics and the possibility of himself and Paul st um, stepping up the heavyweight and taking on the big boys. Is that something you could see them doing? Yeah, um, there's precedent for that. In the Barcelona Olympics of 1992, um, there was an Australian double um, with one of my good friends, Peter Anthony, in it. And uh, they effectively, the, the two of them were lightweights and they stepped up to heavyweights and they won that, um, that gold medal in 1992 Olympics. So there is a precedent. I think um, there's certainly speed to be gained from not having to be on weight. Finson has to weigh in at 69 kilos. Paul has to weigh in at 71 kilos. Uh, so they could go up to 75, 76, even, you know, going 79, 80 kilos. That would give them some extra bulk. If that was in, in terms of muscle bulk, that would give them some extra pace to allow them to compete. They've got to compete with those two Croatians, the Sinkovic brothers. I mean, so in other words, and, and that would be, I would pay a lot of money to see that race. I'd pay a lot of money in the 20... 28 Olympics, if, if lightweight doubles aren't in that and, and they go heavyweight, I'd pay a lot of money to see the Croatians versus the Irish. Man, that would be some contest. Have we got it confirmed yet that the lightweight double is gone from the Olympic schedule after Paris? I know there's been a lot of talk about it, but it is, thankfully, it is there for Paris. But has it been confirmed yet, Martin? Or, or is there even a chance maybe that we could have it in the 2028 Olympics? Yeah, well... We thought that Paris would have uh, coastal rowing instead of lightweight rowing. That was proved not to be the case. It's said it's likely that coastal rowing will replace lightweight rowing in uh, Los Angeles, but that's not been confirmed yet. Mm. So um, if, you're, if you're taking bets on it, the likelihood is that it's going to be uh, coastal rowing, beach, beach sprints is the format that they call it. Um, so I think probably the likelihood is that... Um, if Paul and Finton want to carry on, they will um, they will have to go open weight. And that will be a great challenge for them. I'm sure they'll appreciate that challenge. 
and before they can even think about edits about the worlds in the Czech Republic next week. And my, my final question for you is the fact that these two lads together have won every race in their last five inter- international regattas. They've won gold in every in, in each of those five regattas. Is there only going to be one result if everything sticks to form in the Czech Republic? Yeah, I, I think you know there are there are two or three categories of nailed on favourites, and and one of the strongest is the lightweight men's double skulls. In terms of predictions, I do predictions with a group of you know really uh, knowledgeable former international rowers and coaches. There, there's about um, seven or eight of us, and we we do our predictions for who's going to win the gold medal. I can guarantee you nobody will have anything different other than Ireland for lightweight men's double skull. They are, they are nailed on, barring very rough conditions, barring an upset, barring an outside agency, which I don't see happening. They will win another World Championship gold medal. Exciting times for Irish rowing and exciting times for Skibbereen. Thank you so much again, Martin. Been a pleasure. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with Access Credit Union and the Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary. The Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary has been established to honour the career and achievements of Access Credit Union's late CEO, Donal O'Driscoll. Throughout his long term as CEO, Donal championed the credit union ethos of supporting and empowering members, particularly in the sphere of education. In recognition of this, the Donal O'Driscoll Bursary will provide financial support to one individual embarking on third-level education or commencing an apprenticeship in 2022. The recipient of the bursary will be awarded €5,000 to help with costs. To apply for the bursary, visit www.accesscu.ie forward slash bursary. Okay, Kieran. before we wrap, we're going to preview this Thursday's Southern Star sports section and two West Cork sides that we actually didn't mention in our previous chat about the football championships this weekend are Adrigol who are in action against Boherbui in the Intermediate A football championship and I'm going to call them a West Cork side as well Kilnamatra take on Ahada in the Premier Intermediate football championship so before we preview the paper maybe let's just touch on both those games too because they're obviously huge games for the clubs involved 100%. And we've an interview with Adjugal manager Tim O'Sullivan in Torres' Southern Star. I caught up with him earlier this week because this is a huge game. They're taking on Boherbui in a in an intermediate A quarterfinal. That's in Balangiri this weekend. So Adjugal have done so, so well. They topped their group that included Kilshanig, um, Kilshanig Gabriel Rangers. And I think it was Belly Desmond was the other group in that. So Adjugal topped that group, did five points out of a possible six. And they're in, you could say, bonus territory in some sense, because Tim was explaining to me at the start of the year, Adric Gold's initial target was, let's avoid the relegation battle. We do not want to get relegated because four teams are relegated from the Intermediate A Football Championship this year to go down into that new Premier Junior Football grade for 2023. So mission accomplished, Adric Gold avoided that, that relegation scrap. But not only that, they're true to the quarterfinals and they're... Since they're here now, they may as well try and, try and go as far as they can because this competition is for the John Locke Memorial Cup. And John Locke um, O'Sullivan was, uh, was an Adrigal man. So it's, it's a competition very close to the hearts of, of Adrigal. And they're a team that's building. And in Thursday Southern Star, you read the interview with Tim where he explains for the great work from the, the late Aidan Crimmon who passed away last year. He did superb work at Adrigal at underage level. And that's starting to bear fruit now. Those younger players are coming through 
And Tim tells me there's another good crop of younger players on the way up as well. So that's so important for a, for a small club like Adrigal to have that supply of players coming up to refresh, to re-energise, just to keep the show on the road. So while they've done so well to get there, they're also looking to take a step forward. So they'll have a very tough game against a, a very good Bohrabui team this weekend. But there's there's nothing to say that Adrigal can't get to a county semi-final. And once you get there, then anything is possible. You also mentioned Kilimatra. That's a, another big game. A Premier Intermediate Football quarterfinal in Ballon College on Saturday at 3.30pm. Kilimatra are managed by John Evans. They're one of the, the favourites for this for, for this championship. They've only gone a bit tough in the group stage, maybe surprisingly so. But you'd expect them to get past Ahada and into the county quarterfinal. And they're another team to watch. We should also touch too. Another relegation playoff on Saturday with a Mid-Cork team sees, sees Nave Bon take on St. Vincent's. That's in Cladove at 4pm. And that's a big game for Nave Bon. They won't want to slip down a, a grade. So they'll they'll be hoping that Lady Luke shines on them when they take on Vincent's in Cladove on Saturday. Okay, Kieran, that's our football roundup or preview finished for the weekend. So let's quickly then preview this week's Southern Star sports section i know you have previews on all the games involving the west cork and the mid cork sides what else can readers look forward to so yeah for the for the fans of st james's and Argentine rangers there's full page reports on both of their carry football semi-final wins so definitely worth picking up thursday star for that with a full page two on the mid cork junior football final for kilmurray detroned ahina in a great game there project Burhan, who was the man of the match so for fans of kilmurray Go to your shop or e-paper or your phone and read Thursday Southern Star. And also another full page match report is Kilmeade footballers won the Carby Junior B football final. They were far too strong for Donnie's. So Kilmeade's reward is their backup to the Junior A football ranks next year. So they're for fans of Kilmeade, Kilmurray, Argadine and St. James's. You cannot miss Thursday Southern Star. So what else are we in this week's sports section? We have a Q&A with John Hayes. He's the Carberry Rangers footballer who will be in action against Nemo on Saturday. But in uh, the recent group game against St. Finbars, that was his 100th football championship game for, for Carberry Rangers, which is an incredible record, incredible longevity, because his first game was a Carberry Junior A football game against Gabriel Rangers back in 2002. So 20 seasons, 21 seasons later, John is still going strong. So it's a, it's a very good Q&A where I picked his brains and some of his highlights and lowlights of the of, of his years with Carberry Rangers. So that's well worth checking out. In terms of previews for the county football games this weekend, like I said, we have an interview with Adrigal manager Tim O'Sullivan. We have Michael Hurley from Castlehaven. We have Dylan Howerhan from O'Donovan Rasa. We have Newstone manager Tim Buckley. We've Keith White from Donnie's. I caught up with Dylan Scannell of Carberry in St. Mary's before he he picked up his injury last weekend. But it's still a really, really good read as Dylan explains why he wants to play for Carberry and why he thinks this Carberry football project is is is, is moving forward. And we also have Colm Ahern, the band manager, on their big game. So you can see there's an awful lot there. We also have a roundup of the, the Cork ladies football grades, which is um, the West Cork teams are going quite well there at the moment. And there's a huge, huge intermediate semi-final coming up. Castlehaven, the ladies football team on the rise over the last couple of years, will be taking on Ross Carberry. And that's going to be a massive, massive game. So you can get your, your roundup of the ladies football in Thursday's Southern Star. Quickly as well, we have a, a good interview with Gavin Coombs, the skibbering rugby juggernaut who is making waves with Munster and Ireland. I had a good chat with Gavin 
as he as he told me like there's the best is yet to come from Gavin Coombs. I think that's a frightened opposition for for um for all 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 the other teams that Munster Ireland will come up against because he feels his game moved up a level from being um, involved in the Ireland tour to New Zealand in the summer. He had two superb games against the Maori All Blacks, got two 80 minutes under his belt. And he, and he just feels with the new coaching ticket in Munster under Graham Rowntree and with um with the likes of Simon Eastby with Ireland, that he's ready to kick on and really show what he can do. So I think that's really, really exciting. And that's a very good read. Also, we have an interview with Eva Casey, of Skibbereen um, rowing ahead of the World Rowing Championships. And we've also an interesting story about um, uh, Fintan McCarthy and Paul O'Donovan because Fintan McCarthy, and this is going back to the very start, in his very first international regatta with Paul O'Donovan, which was a 2019 World Cup in Rotterdam. During that race, Jack, Fintan made a mistake in that race. So what he did, he knocked the the speed coach, the stroke coach out of the water. So that's a monitor where the rowers can keep track of their speed, their stroke rate, their time and so on. So he knocked it out of the boat during the race. And he, he just relives that, what happened, because Paul spotted what went on. And during the race, it was actually the final. Paul actually leant out of the water to sweep the stroke coach back in. And Fintan describes it as something out of the Matrix. It was something surreal altogether. But for, for a long time after, Fintan denied he did anything wrong. He said, it wasn't me. I don't know what happened. The wind or a wave knocked it out. But Fintan has finally opened up. He's put his hands up and said, OK, I did make a mistake that day. But the good news is, Fintan learned his lesson. That stroke coach is tied in every race since and they haven't stopped winning. So that's in Thursday Southern Star. And we've also we also have Harley O'Sullivan's um inside inside track column. We've match reports from the weekend. The Corsi Rovers are true to hurling semi-final. Argentine Rangers and Bendon are they were knocked out of the hurling. So as you can see, Jack, there's a hell of a lot going on. And also we have an interview with Trina Rangers, giant manager. Don Hurley because they're kicking off the defence of their West Cork League Premier Division crown against Skibbereen on Sunday and I'm almost out of breath at this stage there's that much in Torres' Southern Star so don't be the one to miss out just go and pick up the paper and if you can't pick up the paper for any reason you can always subscribe to the Southern Star online just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can subscribe for less than two euro per week and as we've been telling you about in the most recent episodes of the star sport podcast we've also launched a brand new e-paper app for android devices so if you have an android and you haven't been able to download our e-paper app over the last number of years now you can so just go to the google play store search the southern star and you'll see our wonderful new app there the app has also been updated on the app store so it's much improved and includes over 10 years worth of southern star archives for no additional cost so subscribe for less than two euro per week download either the app store app or the google play store app and away you go read the southern star from anywhere in the world and the southern star and the southern star sports section will be available from 6 30 every thursday morning so if you're an early riser just get up eat your breakfast and read the southern star this week's edition also features a 48 page West Cork Farming Magazine. So if you work in agriculture or you just have an interest in farming, this is the magazine for you. 48 pages worth of brilliant farming content. And we also have a 12-page special of first day at school photos. So if your school, if your child started school in West Cork over the last week or so, there's a chance that they'll be photographed in this week's Southern Star. Both those supplements will also be available 
in your Southern Star e-paper app again from 6.30 on Thursday morning. Just go to www.southernstar.ie slash e-paper. And once again, I'll repeat myself, you can subscribe for less than two euro per week. That's serious value considering the amount of content in this week's paper. The clock's against us, so I'm going to wrap up quickly. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast and thanks as well to our producer, Dylan Mangan. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán Tamil.